0: are on the air. home of the Cincinnati Reds. The New York Mets tonight open a two-game series against Cincinnati. Tonight's game brought to you by Rain Gold Extra Dry and Vice Roy Cigarettes. Well, hi, everybody. This is Bob Murphy with Lindsey Nelson and Ralph Kiner, all set to detail every exciting play in the opener of the two-game series tonight here in Cincinnati. The skies are overcast with a threat of rain. A light rain has been falling, but stopped some 30 minutes ago ground crew has carefully manicured the infield, and right now Freddie Hutchinson and Casey Stengel are meeting at home play with Tom Gorman and his umpiring team of Stan Landis, Ed Sudol, and Al Foreman. This broadcast is authorized under radio rights granted by the New York Mets solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express written consent of the New York Mets is prohibited. We get set for tonight's game in Cincinnati. How about checking your supply of fine cold rain gold? Rain gold extra dry. Yes, sir. Put some rain gold on ice. It will add a lot to your enjoyment of tonight's game. Now here is a beer with a clean, clear taste, brisk and bright all the way through. Rain gold is beer as beer should taste. Dry tells you why say right now would be a good time to light up a Viceroy. Viceroy's not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. Here are the lineups and batting orders for tonight's game. The New York Mets, with a revised lineup and batting order, will have Charlie Neal playing short and hitting leadoff. Rookie Ron Hunt, a native of St. Louis, Missouri, the all-star second baseman in the Texas League last year makes his Major League debut, playing second, batting second. Jim Heckman in center field, batting third. Duke Snyder in right field will bat cleanup. Frank Thomas returning to the lineup will be in left field, batting number five. Kim Harkness playing first base, he will hit six. Cliff Cook will be at third base, batting seventh. Clarence Chuchu Coleman catching and batting eighth. And on the mound and batting ninth, right-hander Jay Hook. The Cincinnati Reds will have Leo Cardenas as shortstop batting leadoff. Rookie Pete Rose, R-O-S-E, a Cincinnati boy, will be at second base batting second. The speedy Veda Penson in right field hitting third. Powerful Frank Robinson in left field batting cleanup. Gordy Coleman playing first base, he'll hit five. Johnny Edwards catching and batting number six. Veteran Gene Freeze will be at third, hitting seventh. Rookie outfielder Tommy Harper in center field batting eighth. Pitching and batting ninth, right-hander Jim Maloney. Well, you know, this is the time of the year when everybody is trying to guess who's going to win the National League flag. And the way it's been going the last five years the National League, it's about anybody's guess. You know, people pick different teams for different reasons. But when it comes to selecting New York's favorite beer... Well, millions agree it's Rheingold Extra Dry. And the reason? Because Rheingold has a flavor all its own, and dry tells you why. Two little words, extra dry, tell you that Gold is brewed the long, slow, costlier way for a taste that's brisk and bright and clean, clear through. Brewed extra dry to be extra refreshing. But why don't you stock in a supply of refreshing Rheingold and enjoy a glass along with the game. Soon you'll find yourself joining the millions who say, My beer is Rain gold, the dry beer. Now the Cincinnati Reds take the playing field, and we're about set to go in the opener of the two games set here in Cincinnati. Night games tonight and tomorrow night, Thursday and off day. and mess returning to New York where they open a four-game weekend series against Bobby Briggins, Milwaukee Braves. Braves off to a fast start. They've now won four in a row. Warren Spahn winning his second game of the new season when he hurled a shutout this afternoon. Eddie Matthews hitting a real milestone with his 400th home run. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, as we approach game time, our national anthem sung by Cindy Grodd. Figured by many to perhaps cop the National League flag this year, trying to break a four game losing streak. Right now, the Milwaukee Braves have won five in a row. Warren Spahn hurled a strong four hitter this afternoon as the Braves down the Philadelphia Phillies eight to nothing. For well, the amazing Spahn, the 56th shutout of his brilliant career. Though so Spahn is off to a great start, He stopped the New York Mets, allowing one run and six hits. The only run was a home run by Duke Snyder on a 3-2 delivery. He comes back today against the Phillies with a four-hit shutout. And undoubtedly, Warren Spahn will be in action this weekend in New York in the Polo Grounds. I would imagine he would work either the Saturday game or perhaps the first game of the Sunday doubleheader. Another big moment came in the game in Milwaukee this afternoon when Eddie Matthews became the eighth player in the history of baseball to hit 400 or more home runs. Only two players in the history of the game reached 400 at an earlier age. Old double X, Jimmy Fox, and the man who came up the same year and who was only about two months younger than Eddie Matthews, the Yankees' great Mickey Mantle. The next player, undoubtedly, to reach the 400 mark will be Duke Snyder. Duke has two home runs this year, and he's up to 391. Now here we go tonight from Crosley Field in Cincinnati. Charlie Neal in the batter's box to lead off in the ball game. And here's the fellow who always gives you a good call in a ball game, Ralph Kainer. Okay, Bob, it's Jim Maloney on the mound for the Cincinnati Reds, a big tall right-hander, and his first pitch to Charlie Neal is a fastball through for strike one. Maloney lives in Fresno, California. He is six foot two, weighs two hundred and two pounds. Last year he had a nine and seven record for the Reds. Now he comes back to the plate, picks up a strike in the outside corner for strike two, a fastball. Jim started the season for San Diego last year. He was 4-1 there and earned an early recall, coming back up to the Reds on June the 7th. Here's the pitch back, a smash foul down the right field side. So the count holds at 0-2 to Charlie Neal as the Mets play the Cincinnati Reds here in Cincinnati. For the Reds at first base, it's Gordy Coleman at second base, Pete Ward. I should say Pete Rose at shortstop, it's Leo Cardinals at third base, Gene Free. Here's a pitch back. Neal tries to get out of the way. The ball hits the back, slides off, out foul. So it's again, the count stays at 0-2. In the outfield, for cincinnati Beta Benson in left field, in center field. It's Tommy Harper in right field, Frank Robinson. Now the pitch back, a curveball just missing for ball one. Johnny Edwards, the catcher, thought he had that one. He jumped right out. That's the first ball of the ball game here in the top of the first inning. The count, one ball and two strikes. Maloney, 22 years of age, winds and comes back to Neil, And there's a drive to center field. Going way back is Harper. He turns and he makes the catch. In the outfield here at Crosley Field, there's an incline going up about 20 feet away from the fence and left and center field. Harper and center field had to move up the incline about halfway up to make the catch on the long drive by Charlie Neal. It's 390 to straightaway center field here, 328 down the left field line, and 366 down the right field line. So one out now, and Ron Hunt comes to bat for his first chance in the major league. Hunt playing at second base, bats from the right-hand side. He looks at the curve. It's outside for ball one. Hunt last year batted three eleven for Austin in the Texas league. He had 52 runs batted in and three home runs. There's a high pop-up in foul territory. Gordy Coleman giving chase, but he goes out of play. One ball and one strike to Ron Hunt. The on-deck batter, Jim Hickman. Mets batting here in the top of the first inning. Wind blowing across from right field to left. This is the reverse of the normal pattern of the wind here. Wind normally blows out to right field. Now Maloney with a 1-1 pitch. A fastball fouled away again. That moves the count up to one ball and two strikes. Two years back in left field and center field, tall buildings were located there. But a freeway was cut through, and now that's all open space. Real high scoreboard in left center field. The ball in play off the scoreboard. Now it's Jim Maloney to Ron Hunt, and the pitch is a fastball. It's just outside. Two balls and two strikes. And the big right-hander back to work. And he misses low outside for ball three. A full count now to Ron Hunt. Maloney in the spring was very sharp against the Mets. He pitched fine baseball. In fact, the red staff has pitched fine ball all during the early part of the year in spite of the record of one win and four losses. Now the 3-2 pitch. A check on the swing. It's outside for ball four. And the Mets have their first base runner. Ron Hunt, in his first appearance in the Major League, walking to first base, and it brings up Jim Hickman. Jim O'Toole, Jim Maloney, and Joy Jay have given up only eight earned runs in 38 innings of pitching. But the Reds have scored only 17 runs in five ball games, and their record after winning the first game, four straight losses. Reds, one of the real big favorites to win the National League race. Now in the stretch position, Maloney comes to Jim Hickman with a high curve. It's over for strike one. General manager Bill DeWitt of the Cincinnati Reds said that he thought that if the team could win as many games as last year, that was 98, they would win the National League flag. They finished in third place three games back. There's a curve inside. Looked at again for strike two. This time, Jim Hickman backing away. So it's 0-2 to Jim. One man out, the Mets with the first base runner in the ball game on at first base, Ron Hunt. Hickman batting from the right-hand side, sets now. And here's the two-strike pitch, a fastball that's up too high. One ball and two strikes. Jim Maloney last year had a 3.51 earn run average. In 115 innings, he struck out 105 men. Now the 1-2 pitch with the runner going. A curve inside. The throw to second base is off to the left. The tag is made in time. Coming over from second base to make the tag, Pete Rose. So if you're scoring, the throw went from John Edwards, the catcher, to Pete Rose, the second baseman. And the base runners erased. Two men out now on the count. Two balls and two strikes. If he just tuned in, Charlie Neal led off for the Mets and fought out to center field, the deep center field. Ron Hunt walked, was thrown out stealing, and now they count two and two in Jim Hickman. And the pitch is on the inside corner. The ball gets away. It's a strike called. Edwards moves over, picks it up, throws the first base. And that's the end of the inning. One strikeout for Jim Maloney. One walk. No runs, no hits. No one left. And the score at the end of the first one-half inning to play. The bet's nothing. The Reds coming to bat. And coming up now at tune I know you're going to like.
1: My dear, is like cold. The dry deer. Think of rocks. Bitter, not sweet. It's a dry favorite treat. Won't you try extra dry Rheingold beer? Join in and treat yourself to the clean, sparkling taste of New York's favorite beer, Rheingold Extra Dry. Rheingold has a flavor all its own because it's brewed of only the choicest ingredients. Brewed the long, slow, costlier way for flavor that's brisk and bright and clean clear through. It's beer as beer should taste you <laughs>
0: now to the bottom half of the first inning. The Reds coming to bat for the first time and on the mound for the Mets, Jay Hook. Jay has a record of no wins and one loss. He was against Warren Spahn in the starting game in Milwaukee and lost that one. Warren Spahn winning today with an 8-0 shutout over the Philadelphia Phillies. That was Spahn's 56th shutout and he'll be coming to the polar grounds and he'll be working against the Mets in the big weekend series. Milwaukee playing on Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and a doubleheader on Sunday. And one other game under play in the National League, actually completed by now, San Francisco defeated Houston 7-0. The winning pitcher, and that was Billy Pierce. Now the first pitch of the game by Jay Hook. A curveball over to Leo Cardenas for strike one. Billy Pierce, incidentally, has now won 14 games in Candlestick Park. He has yet to lose one. 13 in regular season play, one during the World Series. Here's the pitch back by Jay. A swing, a foul tip caught by Coleman. Strike two on Leo Cardenas. For the Mets at first base, Tim Harkness. At second base, Ron Hunt. At shortstop, Charlie Neal. At third base, Cliff Cook. Now Jay up with a two-strike pitch. It's inside and high for ball one. In the outfield for the Mets, Frank Thomas in left field. Jim Hickman in center field. And Duke Snyder at right field. And the one-two pitch by Hook. A fastball hit the right field. Breaking in and then stopping is Duke Snyder. And he makes the catch for out number one. So Jay Hook has successfully picked up one man out here in the bottom half of the first. No score. And the batter coming on is rookie Pete Rose. Pete Rose last year for Macon batted 331. He came to spring training on the Macon roster. He played so well that he made the big club. So far this year, he has two hits and 19 times up for a 105 average. And he looks at the first pitch. It's outside for ball one. Rose batting from the left-hand side against the right-hander, Jay Hook. Now Hook back with a fastball. A Swing, the ball goes out of play. Strike one, one ball and one strike. This is Jay's second start of the year. He has worked six innings prior to tonight's game. He gave up eight hits, allowed five runs. He struck out four, and he walked two. That was against the Milwaukee Braves. One-one count, as time is called. Rose stepping out of the batter's box. Jay, 26 years of age, from Gray's Lake. Illinois now calling time and calling Chuchu Coleman out to talk over the sign. Jay last year had eight wins and 19 losses for the Mets. He came on very strongly at the end of the year. He has a lifetime Major League mark of 25 wins and 48 losses. He has yet to win a ball game from his former teammates, the Cincinnati Reds. He has lost four. Now time is in, and the pitch to... Rose is low for ball two. Two balls and one strike. <laughs> now hooked back to the plate, and there's a hard ground ball down to the second baseman, Hunt. He picks it up, throws the first base in time. That is out number two. day with two men out will now pitch to Veda Pinson playing in right field. Penson, a left-hand batter with three hits and 19 trips to the plate. And the first pitch to Benson is low for ball one. Cliff Cook at third base playing in right on top of the very fast man, Penson. Penson, probably as fast as anyone in baseball. Now Jay back to the plate. He gets a swing and a foul tip for strike one. One ball and one strike. Benton arrived in spring training late this year because of an appendectomy. Just before the game, though, he said he was in fine shape. Now the 1-1 pitch. Way inside, he has to dance away for ball two. Two balls and one strike. Beta had some leg trouble also during spring training. Reds had quite a bit of trouble... With minor injuries in spring training, Frank Robinson had a sore arm. Of course, the big man, Bob Perkey, with a sore arm. There's a swing and a high fly ball to center field. Moving in is Jim Hickman. He has plenty of room and time. And he puts it away to retire the side. Three up and three down for J-Hook. The score at the end of one,
1: no score.
0: Well, you know, when you look at the record books and you look at a guy named Warren Spahn with 56 shutouts, that's almost a career in itself and wins. And another fellow, Eddie Matthews, who came through today with a tremendous milestone in his career record. Eddie Matthews hitting his 400th home run. And both Warren Spawn, Eddie Matthews, Hank Aaron, Well, you can name quite a ball club on the Milwaukee Braves, will be coming to the Polo Grounds for a big weekend series. They'll be playing Friday afternoon on April 19th, Saturday afternoon on April 20th. That's Ladies' Day. And, of course, all you ladies who want to come out to get your first Bargain Day, it's only 50 cents to get in the ballpark. Sunday afternoon, the first doubleheader of the year. The Mets playing the Milwaukee Braves. Warren Spahn's a sense to go in one of those games. His pitching rotation coming up in that order. But don't forget, if you haven't made your reservations for the weekend series, or weather certainly has been baseball weather all the way through, be sure to do so. Three convenient ticket locations, downtown of Pennsylvania Station and Grand Central Station, out by the Polar Grounds at the advanced reservation window on the 8th Avenue side, you can pick up your tickets there. You may make ticket reservations at all the Howard Clothing Stores in the New York area. So be sure to get in on that. We're moving now to the top of the second inning, and here's a fellow right here looking for a milestone in his career. It's Duke Snyder coming up the bat. Duke against Jim Maloney in the first pitch. There's a base hit in the center field, number 2,000 for Duke Snyder. So the Duke on the very first pitch, single to center field, and he has now had 2,000 base hits in his major league career. Now time is being called, and second base umpire Ed Sudol is taking the ball, tossing it to the Duke. So the Duke has another trophy for his case. He has a total of 391 major league home runs on his way to becoming the ninth man to hit 400 home runs in the career. 2,000 base hits for Duke Snyder now. And the Mets have a runner at first base with no one out. The batter is Frank Thomas. That is the first hit of the ball game off Jim Maloney. He worked the first inning, 1-2-3. Now the right-hander to Thomas. A curveball hit out to left field. Frank Robinson moving over. And he makes the catch. Going back to first base, Duke Snyder out number one and Tim Harkness comes to bat. Thomas looking for his first hit this year. Duke now has five hits and 22 times at bat with his 2000th base hit. He's hitting 227. And Tim Harkness now with three for 14 in the batter's box. He bats from the left hand side. No score in the game. Top of the second inning. And it's Jim Maloney now to the left-hand batter with his first pitch. A good fastball right on the outside corner for strike one. Maloney during spring training threw a lot of slow curves. Right now here in this game so far, he's been using the real good fastball. He has a strong arm. Now the stretch position and the pitch back. There's the slow curve. It's inside. One ball and one strike. Maloney has won two and lost none against the Mets in his Major League career. Now the 1-1 pitch. The curve again. It's low again. Ball two. Two balls and one strike. Lonely looking out at center field. The center fielder, a newcomer, Tommy Harper. He's normally an infielder. He's been put out in center field to give the Cincinnati Reds more speed. And more youth. There's a fastball. It's fouled off out of play to the left side. That moves the count along to two balls and two strikes. Harper had quite a year last year for San Diego. He led the Coast League and run scored with 120, based on balls with 105. He batted 333, and he stole 22 bases. He was voted the league's rookie of the year. He also hit 26 home runs, so... That's a pretty good recommendation on the ability of a young ball player. Here's a 2-2 pitch to Harkness. It's low ball three, and that fills the count out of three and two. One out on at first base, Duke Snyder. The on deck batter is Cliff Crook. Now Jim Maloney in the stretch position. The runner at first not being held on. He does not go. And there's a drive down the right field line. It goes foul. So Harkness on the 3-2 count pulls the ball too far to the right side. The count remains at 3-2. Jim Maloney was leading in the ball game by a score of 7-2 in his first start against the Phillies. But he had to go out of the ball game and his arms stiffened up in the fifth inning. The Reds eventually lost the game, so there was no record for Maloney. There's a the fastball fouled back on the screen and the count holds again. The Phillies came on to win that one by a score of 10 to 7. Three balls and two strikes. As Maloney assumes the stretch position. And here's the pitch with Snyder going. A swing and a miss. The throw to second base is in time. And Snyder's out on a double play strikeout. And that's the second time that Maloney has struck out a man in the inning. And if you're scoring no runs on one hit, no errors, no one left. And the score at the end of one and one half innings of play. The New York Mets nothing, the Cincinnati Reds nothing. Well, we had a long talk in the lobby of the hotel today with Tom Gorman about the new balk rule, and speaking of umpires and rule books and etc., here's the Rango riddle for you baseball fans. You know, when a base runner is hit by a battered ball, the batter automatically gets credit for a hit, and the runner is automatically out. But, here's the tough question. Who gets credit for the put out? Think about that one. Well, if you know your baseball, I'm Sure you do. You may have known that the fielder nearest the runner gets the credit for the put out. And if you know your beer, and I'm sure you do, you'll know this. Two little words extra dry tell you why Rheingold has a taste no other beer can match. They tell you that Rheingold has brewed the long, slow, costly way for a taste that's brisk and bright and clean clear through. But why not find that out for yourself? Enjoy a cool, refreshing glass of Rheingold extra dry today. Right along with the ball game. Well, the PA announcer making the announcement about Duke Snyder's 2,000 major league hit, and the Duke getting a fine hand here in Cincinnati. It's a no score ball game with Frank Robinson stepping in against Jay Hook here in the bottom half of the second. Robinson, the leading hitter for the Cincinnati Reds, and he hits the first pitch off the end of the bat, spinning the ball into center field for a base hit, and that's the first base hit of the game off Jay Hook, and for Frank Robinson, his seventh so far this season. He has seven hits and 20 times at bat now, including two home runs and six runs batted in. And with a runner at first base and no score, the batter is Gordy Coleman. Coleman is 5 for 20 so far, batting 250. And he swings and fouls the first pitch. A curveball down in the dirt. Strike one. Working on the mound, Jay Hook. Coleman has two home runs and four runs batted in. He's tied with Robinson for the early club lead in home runs. Now Jay Hook with a fast man at first base. Goes to first base. Robinson back ahead of the throw. Robinson a good base runner. Draws a throw again. Again he beats the tag. Coleman stepping out of the batter's box. Now steps in. And his pitch is outside for ball one. One ball and one strike. One ball and one strike. No one out. Bottom half of the second inning, no score. Reds and Mets for the first time this year. And Robinson now gets picked off first. The throw down to second base is missed by Johnny Neal, and Robinson slides in. Frank Robinson was picked off first base. He was making the move towards second when the throw went over there. Tim Harkness got the throw from the pitcher, Jay Hook, fired at Johnny Neal, who was coming over to second to cover. Johnny never did get possession of the ball. The throw was actually behind him, a real tough throw to handle, and we'll see who gets the air. If the play had been made successfully, Robinson would have been out. So the air is given to the first baseman, Tim Harkness, on the throw behind Charlie Neal coming over. A real hard chance for Charlie to handle. And now Robinson at second base, and there's a drive to center field, going up the incline of Jim Hickman. He's back by the wall, and he makes the catch. Tagged up at second base is Robinson. He's going to go all the way, and the throw is not in time. Jim Hickman going up that incline in center field, went right to the top, right to the furthest part. He reached up high and took that ball just before it got to the wall. And with one out now, Robinson has moved over to third base. That ball was well tagged. And the batter coming on now is John Everett. And while we have time and wait for Jay Hook to go to work, we'll pause for station identification.
1: This is the voice of the Mets in the Northeast, WGY Schenectady, a General Electric Station.
0: Ralph Kiner, along with Bob Murphy and Lindsey Nelson from Quadsley Field in Cincinnati. No score. The infield in. And the batter is Johnny Edwards. And he takes a curveball over for strike one. Edwards the leading batter for the Cincinnati Reds so far this spring. He has seven hits and 19 times up for a .368 average. He's a left-hand batter. KT Stengel with Robinson on at third base, pulling the infield in. They're going to make a play at the plate here early in the ballgame. It's about a half of the second. One man out. Now Jay into the windup and his pitch back. It's a pitch out to throw to second base. The dive by Robinson beats the tag. Robinson drove in, dove in head first, and just beat the tag on the play by Chuchu Coleman. That moves the count to one ball and one strike. Well, Chuchu Coleman, liking the throw, putting on his favorite play. Now Jay Hook into the windup, and the 1-1 pitch to Edwards, a curveball outside for ball two. Two balls and one strike. Cincinnati Reds with their first run of the ball game here in the bottom half of the second. Cook now back to work in the 2-1 pitch. Hit off the end of the bat over the head of the second baseman. And the first run of the ball game scores. Frank Robinson coming in from third base. That ball was hit right off the end of the bat. A looping line drive. And with the second baseman playing in, he had no chance to get the ball. In his normal position, a routine play. So the Reds lead it now by a score of one to nothing here in the bottom half of the second inning. And the batter coming up will be Gene Freeze, the third baseman. Gene bats from the right-hand side. He has three hits and 15 times up. And the first pitch is low for ball one. Juju Coleman coming up with a nice play to keep the ball from going through. One ball and no strikes. Now Jay Hook in the stretch position. And back to the plate. There's a check swing. The ball down to the second baseman Hunt. He juggles it. Throws the kneel covering in time for the force play. But with the juggle, no chance for the double play no error in the play the lead runner is erased Edwards replaced at first base with Gene Freeze and the batter coming on will be center fielder Tommy Harper say do you know why Rheingold tastes so good well dry tells you why why not find that out for yourself enjoy a cold glass of Rheingold extra dry right now here's the first pitch to Tommy Harper a curveball a swing and a miss for strike one Two hits and 16 times up. He bats from the right-hand side. Tremendous speed. Now I'll throw to first base to chase Gene Freeze back there. He was about a step away. Reds lead one nothing here in the bottom half of the second inning. And Hook comes back with a pitch that's low. I'll throw to first base by Coleman, not in time. The count now, one ball and one strike. one strike, and the right hander back to the plate gets a swing and a miss for strike two. Hard swing by Tommy Harper on an inside high fastball. One ball and two strikes. Frank Robinson led off the inning with a base hit to center field off the end of his bat. He was picked off first base, but an error by Tim Harkness allowed him to get to second. He moved over to third in a deep fly ball to center and scored on a base hit by Johnny Edwards. There's a pitch outside. It's ball two. Two balls and two strikes. The on-deck batter, the pitcher, Jim Maloney. He is not in the on-deck circle. This is an option play as far as the club batting is concerned. This is not a National League rule. Now the 2-2 pitch. A swing and a miss for strike three, and Jay Hook ends the inning. That's his first strikeout. But in the inning, the Reds score one run on two hits. There was one error and one man left on. And the score after two, the Reds won. The New York Mets, nothing. Today, the 1963 official New York Met yearbook is now available. This colorful book with Mr. Met on the front cover contains over 100 pictures and includes biographical and statistical data about your favorite Met player. In addition... There are stories about Casey Stengel, the coaches, Shea Stadium, the new scoreboard, highlights of the 1962 season, the farm clubs, the man behind the scenes, and many other interesting stories and facts. There's a complete page of players' autographs. This book certainly will be a welcome addition to any baseball fan's library, and it will probably settle many of those arguments you might get into during the coming season. To obtain your copy of the 1963 yearbook, and $0.50 cents for each copy to Met Yearbuck, Paula Browns, New York, 39, New York. While we're moving out of the top of the third inning, Mets looking for the first run against the Reds this year. They trail one nothing. And here to bring you the play-by-play is, once again, Bob Murphy. All right, Ralph, along we go to the third inning, and Cliff Cook starting his first game since the regular season opened at third base. We'll be leading off against young right-hander Jim Maloney. Maloney throws hard, 22 years old. Out on option at San Diego in the early part of last year, brought up on the 7th of June, he went on to win nine ball games. He won two and lost none against New York. The outfield stride toward left, Cliff has good power. He starts him off with a curve, and it's inside around the letters one ball and no strikes. Clarence Coleman waiting on deck, and then Jay Hook. This is a right-handed hitting ballpark, and in particular tonight with a wind blowing from right field toward left. Ball two outside, 2-0 now on Cliff Cook. Down the left field line to the foul pole, 328 feet. A high screen extending from the foul pole across to the scoreboard in left center. The pitch is over for a call strike. But that high screen is merely to keep the baseballs from sailing out into the parking lot. Anything in the screen is a home run. For well, the left-handers, it's 366 feet down the right field line to the pole. Now the two-one pitch to Cliff, swing and a miss. Two and two. Sally Hemus coaching at first, and Cookie Jetto at third. There are two other night games going in the National League, neither as yet underway. Pittsburgh at St. Louis and the Cubs on the West Coast are playing the Dodgers. The home opener for the Los Angeles Dodgers. The 2-2 delivery is off the outside edge of the plate. A fast one, and the count is full now at 3-2. Now Cook waiting on the payoff pitch. Black foul back toward our broadcasting booth and a little bit shy out of it. Now to play, three and two, the count remains. Aside from the Warren Fond shutout over the Phillies this afternoon, Billy Pierce pitched the shutout as the Giants beat Houston seven to nothing. Three-two delivery is swung and missed. He struck him out. Drag out number three for Jim Maloney. One away and nobody on him. That'll bring up Choo, Choo Bob, that Billy Pierce has really found a home out there in Candlestick Park, hasn't he? He appears to be just about, about unbeatable in that cave of the winds out there, Ralph. You know, Billy was a great pitcher in the American League, and he certainly has picked up in the National League for the Giants. Here's the pitch on the way. Outside, well, the Giants certainly could never have won a pennant last year without the trade they made with the White Sox that brought them not only Billy Pierce, but Don Larson, who did a real good job in relief all year. Swing and a miss on a breaking ball. One ball and one strike. Ralph, how much of a factor do you think the wind has been in helping Billy Pierce at Candlestick Park? Well, I'm sure it's a factor because they do like to pitch left-handers there and make the other teams use right-handed batters to hit against that wind, but... Ability is also the main factor right there. Here's the 1-1 delivery. Cuffed foul, a back upstairs and out of play. After all, he's the only one that's compiled that kind of a record. 14-0. Just can't top that one. He's a great little fella. And he has put together a real remarkable comeback. Although he actually was never away, he always pitched well for the White Sox one and two on Choo Choo the pitch by Jim Maloney and he pops it up off the fifth this again will be out of play one fella can certainly get a lot of mileage out of Billy Pierce a fellow named Frank Lane that was his first big trade and I think Frank has been living off of that ever since I think Frank uh, always considered the Billy Pierce trade and the Nellie Fox trade as the two best trades he ever made and boy did he make a lot of pitching one and two Outside and high, and Choo Choo lets it go. Now it's two and two. Well, the Giants this year have a new pitcher they acquired in trade from the Orioles, who is still a young man and who might very well turn out to be a top flight pitcher, and that's Jack Fisher. The two-two pitch. A fly ball to left center field. Moving in comes Frank Robinson, the left fielder. He's under it in shallow left center and takes it for the out. One thing, Mr. Catter, when I go to the West Coast for the first time to San Francisco, I'm going to take my top coat. You remember well, don't you? I think the coldest night we had in San Francisco last year was on a, for a night game of July 2nd. But as the natives of San Francisco say, the two coldest months are June and July, and then it gets real good in August and September. Outside and high. One ball and no strikes down to Jay Hook the international league season gets underway tonight the international league starting its 80th year the oldest of the minor leagues Craig Anderson the starter tonight for Buffalo fastball on the outside corner a call strike one ball and one strike but Craig got off to a shaky start gave up four runs in the first two and Tom Addington has relieved him Indianapolis leading Buffalo four to nothing at the end of two the game is in Indianapolis here's the 1-1 pitch Fastball over to Jay Hook for a strike, one and two. Kirby Fell, who managed the major leagues at Cleveland, is managing the Buffalo Bisons for the New York Mets, Buffalo being their top farm club. Kirby, an outstanding baseball man, is the dean of the International League Managers. One and two on Jay Hook, two outs and nobody on. Fastball that's high, two and two. Reds in front, one to nothing. We're in the top of the third inning. All of the action except one game in the American League took place this afternoon. He's striking out on a breaking ball down around the knees. Though a very strong inning for Jim Maloney, he now has struck out four in the first three innings. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left on. At the end of two and a half innings to the score, the Cincinnati Reds won and the New York Mets nothing. Let's listen now to an old favorite brought up to date. Wine, gold, extra dry beer is The name of my beer, brisk and bright, refreshing brew. Rheingold flavors clean, clear through. It's not sweet or bitter, that's why folks consider. Rheingold is the beer to
1: buy, and dry will tell you why. Rheingold Extra Dry has friends by the millions because it's beer as beer should taste. Brisk, bright, and clean, clear through. I tell you why. Slowly hates for flavor, Rheingold's
0: taste will savor. Here is beer as beer should taste. That's the reason to make haste.
1: Next time you're out shopping in a tavern poppin', why not sing out clear and high, Rheingold extra dry. My beer is Rheingold, a dry beer.
0: Think of Rheingold when Now the Cincinnati Reds will have Jim Maloney, their pitcher, facing hook as we go to the last of the third inning. For those of you who may have missed the afternoon scores of the American League, Hanka Gary, who won 16 and led the American League and earned run average last year, went all the way as Detroit downed the Yankees 7-2, Whitey Ford, the loser. Whitey has a lifetime record against Detroit, though, of 14-8. The Red Sox beat the Orioles 6-1, a five-hitter for Bill Bouquet. And Dick Stewart, playing his first Fenway Park game, ripped a three-run homer as Robin Roberts took the loss. Pitches inside to Jim Maloney, batting left-handed. One ball and no strikes. Jay Hook, winding, down comes pitch. Fastball on the inside corner. One ball, one strike. Well, they had a battle to remember up in the Twin Cities this afternoon. Game went 13 innings. The Minnesota Twins got two in the last of the 13th. To come from behind and beat the Angels 11 to 10. Ground ball hit down to first. Big hot for Kim Harkness. Kim will make the unassisted play, retiring Maloney one away. That game today in Minnesota, Bill Rigney used nine pitchers in the 13 inning battle. Sam Mealy used seven pitchers. You'll recall the record for most pitchers by one club in a nine inning ball game is nine. Because that was in 1949 when Bill Veck had the Browns use one pitcher in each inning of the game. But they used 15 pitchers in that 13-inning game today in Minneapolis. A high fly ball hit the left field by Leo Cardenas. Thomas may not be able to play, it, it's headed toward the seats. A foul ball out of play. But the Minnesota Twins saw just about everybody on the Angel pitching staff. They saw Dean Chance, Julio Navarro, Mel Nelson, Art Fowler, Jack Spring, Tom Morgan, Bob Turley, Ron Muller, and Eli Gerba. Just offhand, without checking the roster, they didn't see Ken Bragg or Bo Belinsky. Here's the pitch on the way to Cardenas, a strike on the outside corner. Leo Cardenas, who weighs about 150 pounds, dripping wet. Had an outstanding year with Cincinnati last season. The Big Bear, Freddie Hutchinson, says he wouldn't trade him for any shortstop in the circuit. He hit 324 after the All-Star break. Ground ball bounced slowly towards second. In comes Ron Hunt. He's up, snaps the throw onto Harkness. Two men down. Two outs and nobody on. Bottom half of the third inning. That brings up the rookie second baseman, Pete Rose. The other American League afternoon game, the Kansas City A's behind Ted Bosefield defeated the Chicago White Sox 7-4 to spoil their home opener at Comiskey Park. And Ronnie Hanson, the all-star shortstop three years ago, hit a two-run homer in the ninth. Inside, one ball and no strikes to Pete Rose. Pete, a Cincinnati youngster, has come up the minor league ladder in a big hurry. The outfield plays him a stride to right. The pitch by hook, a line drive over second, sailing into center for a phase hit. Taken on the first tip by Jim Hickman. He fires it back into Ron Hunt. And Pete Rose is on with a single to center. During his boyhood days, his idol was Enos Country Slaughter. And as a result, he has patterned the hustle of the old war horse. You'll see him run to his position. Run in from the outfield when the side is retired, and even when he draws a walk, he likes to run hard going to first base. And speaking of running, here's Beta Pinson. Beta 0 for 1, flying to center his first time up. Ground ball hit down to Harkness. Kim is up with it, races back, and steps on first. The side is out. Well, Jay Hook had real good breaking stuff going against the Reds in the last of the third inning. No runs, one hit, no errors, one left on the end of three, the only run in the game is unearned. At the end of three, the Reds won and the Mets nothing. We'll all be looking forward to Friday night, May 3rd, at the Polo Grounds in New York, when Willie Mays will be honored. Willie, who led the major leagues in home runs last year, he hit 49. And for Willie, that was his second-best year in home run production. Once before, Willie had hit 51. And by hitting the 49 last year, Willie caught the Mellott Memorial Award, which goes to the home run champion, named after the noblest giant of them all, the late and beloved Mellott. Willie came up back in 1951, a scared youngster, got off to a slow start, but Leo DeRocher patted him on the back, kept him in the lineup, and the rest has become baseball history. And Willie the Wonder now has 370 in National League home runs and can look forward to many brilliant seasons ahead. So we know you'll want to be with us on Friday night, May 3rd, when it's Willie Mays' night at the Polo Grounds as the New York Mets meet the San Francisco Giants in the opening of a big weekend series against San Francisco. The National League champions are in for the night game Friday night, May 3rd, a Ladies' Day game on Saturday, March 4th, and a Sunday doubleheader on the 5th of May. Good Shore is chairman of the Willie Mays' night committee, they are hard at work now getting everything lined up for the big evening, so we hope you can join us. Tickets are on sale at the Polo Grounds, Grand Central Station, near the 42nd and Vanderbilt ramp, and a Long Island waiting room of the Penn Station. Now Charlie Neal leads off against Jim Maloney and looks at a curve that bends too far outside. One ball and no strikes. Charlie O for one, fly to center his first time up. It's thrown by the young right-hander. It's popped high in the air. That one is behind the plate in foul ground. Coming back is Johnny Edwards. He has room and juggles it and holds onto it. That was a tough play for Johnny Edwards. It was a real high pop foul back toward the screen. In the pocket of the Big mitt, popped right straight up about three feet in the air and Edwards grabbed a second time. One away and nobody on now in the visiting fourth inning and the hitter is second baseman Ron Hunt. Ron starting his first major league ball game. Takes the pitch outside and low, it's ball one. Ron is from St. Louis, Missouri. Last year he played at Austin, Texas in the Texas League. Right-hand batter, and he's an aggressive type batter. Here's the pitch to him. Check swing and a grounder fouled on the first baseline. One ball, one strike. Casey Stengel and all of the coaches, Cookie Lavagetto and Sally Amos Nerdy White, have all been impressed with Ron Hunt's aggressiveness at the plate. He likes to hit. And he has looked like he might develop into a good hitter. He was purchased conditionally by the uh, Milwaukee Braves. The Mets will have to make up their mind on him before too long. Here's the 1-1 pitch. A drive hit hard going into right field for a base hit. So Ron Hunt takes the turn, and he has his first major league base hit. A low-line drive beyond the reach of second baseman Pete Rose into right field. Right now, young Ron Hunt is batting 1,000. He drew a walk his first time up. Cincinnati, one run on three hits, no errors. New York, no runs, two hits and one error. The batter is Jim Hickman. Pitch by Maloney. He holds up on a curve and it's over for a call strike. Jim seems to be a little bit tied up of late on the curves and he's been working on it trying to correct the flaw that seems to be locking him against that breaking pitch. next swing and a foul ball back upstairs, no play. So now Jim Maloney is quickly out in front on Jim Hickman with a two-strike count. Maloney has given up two hits, a single by Duke Snyder in the second. For Duke, the 2,000th base hit of his career. Now a single to right by Ron Hunt in the fourth inning. Outside, one ball and two strikes on Jim Hickman. In the night game in Cleveland, Claude Osteen is pitching for Washington and Sam McDowell for Cleveland. No score at the end of two innings. Jim Maloney, up in pitching position. Around comes the arm. Blazing fastball taken low, two and two. Maloney can really throw hard. And the Cincinnati club sent two young right-handers out to their San Diego farm club that were throwing bullets in the spring training. Young men that undoubtedly will be heard from possibly later on this year, but certainly in the future. And in particular, Johnny Flavin. Count two and two. Now the ball is just lobbed over to first by Jim Maloney. These last two ball games have really been tough losses for New York. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Breaking ball in the dirt, blocked by Johnny Edwards. Day before yesterday, they lost in 10 innings, one to nothing. Bob Henley busting Roger Craig. The loss yesterday by far and away the toughest of them all. Mets were leading 3-2, two, 2 down, last of the ninth inning. One ball and 2 strikes on the hitter when Lee May homered to win the game for the Braves. Count 3-2. And the pitch on the way is swung and missed strike three. Maloney is a strikeout pitcher in Casey had the runner Ron Hunt holding up. Young Johnny Edwards, the Cincinnati catcher, has a marvelous throwing arm. He can really cut you down. He has already cut down two men on this ballgame. So that's five strikeouts for Jim Maloney in three and two-thirds innings. Brings up Duke Snyder. Duke single to center in the second. He lays off. It's outside and low. One ball and no strikes. Well, in NBA basketball, the Celtics had a strong second quarter to come from behind. They now lead the Los Angeles Lakers by four, 50 to 46 at the half. The Lakers led by six at the end of the first quarter. The National Hockey League Stanley Cup playoffs. The Red Wings won Maple Leafs nothing at the end of the first period. Breaking ball in there for a call strike. One ball and one strike now on Duke Snyder. The hunt, a fast man is on first. Gordy Coleman holds against him. Now Maloney makes the one-second stop. Down comes the pitch. Slow grounder down the first baseline, a fair ball. Gordy Coleman grabs the ball in the fast, standing right on first base. So the side is off. In the fourth inning, no runs, one hit, no errors, one left on. At the end of three and a half innings, the score at Crosley Field, the Cincinnati Reds won, and the New York Mets nothing. And now a word from Viceroy Cigarette. I have this band, and it really swings, and we have this singer who really sings. We just finished playing for a nice bunch of folks when I discovered I was out of smokes. Someone handed me an unfiltered pack. Too harsh for me, I gave it back. And builders, they either taste strong or too thin. Then a cute little singer said, Where have you been? Viceroy tastes the way you'd like a builder cigarette to taste. Not too strong. Not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. That's right. Well, the singer's still with me, but I got a new band. It's round and it's gold, and it's on my left hand. <laughs> that's right. So now I know, and I'll take all bets. If you smoke all seven filter cigarettes, you'll find some too strong, some too light. But Viceroy's got... The that taste that's right. That's right. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Last half of the fourth inning in Cincinnati, and the Reds have their powerful cleanup batter, Frank Robinson, leading off. You know, the month of April was a real nightmare last year for Frank Robinson. He just couldn't buy a base hit. Then he really got going, and he wound up the year hitting at 342, the third highest average, or second highest right behind Tommy Davis, who won the batting title. Nobody on, nobody out. Bottom half of the fourth inning as Jay Hook spins into his windup. Now the pitch. In the dirt, bouncing to the backstop. No damage done with nobody on. Gordy Coleman, the first baseman, is on deck, and then Johnny Edwards. Red spirits have been brightened with the improvement to the shoulder of Bob Perky. A squibbler hit back toward the mat. Hook really fooled him on that pitch. He's up with it and throws to first in time, retiring Frank Robinson. One away and nobody on him before Gordy Coleman gets in to hit. We'll pause for station identification.
1: 8-10 on your dial, WGY Schenectady. It's 9 o'clock.
0: Murphy with Lindsey Nelson and Ralph Kiner. Gordy Coleman up, leans in, it's outside. One ball and no strike. The acquisition of Gordy Coleman from Cleveland after his big year at Mobile in the Southern League turned out to be quite a move for Cincinnati. He had a big year, year before last, when Hutchinson's team won the pennant. He followed up with another good year last season. Strong left-hand hitter. Bounced foul off to the right. No play, one ball and one strike. Johnny Edwards, the talented young catcher, waiting on deck. An overcast day in Cincinnati with a threat of rain throughout the day and some rain during the afternoon. The 1-1 pitch. He had to get out of the way in a hurry on that one, inside and low down in the dirt. Ball 2-2-1. Two, two and Say, right now would be a good time to light up a Viceroy. Find out what we mean when we say Viceroy's got... The taste that's right. Pitching two and one. Swing and a miss on a low slider, two-and-two. Two. Dick Sussler on the coaching lines at first, and Reggie Otero at third for Freddie Hutchinson. Jim Hickman playing a couple of strides toward right center against Gordy Coleman, big left-hand batter. Changeup is swung and missed. He struck him out. Real good changeup by Jay Hook. And he strikes out Gordy Coleman, two outs and nobody off. Johnny Edwards single to right his first time up. Edwards off to a good start. Now has eight hits and 20 times up. He's hitting 400. Inside and low, one ball and no strikes. Edwards drove in the only run of the ball game with his base hit to right field in the second. It scored Frank Robinson. A smash hit hard, a base hit through the hole going to right field. So Johnny Edwards is two for two. Now the familiar charge grad, if you hear, it, Crosby Field in Cincinnati. Better the veteran third baseman, Gene Freese. Gene reached on a fielder's choice in the second inning. He's hoping he can put together a real strong comeback after missing last year with an injury. Here's the pitch on the way. Swung and missed, strike one. The year before last, Freese was a very vital part of the pennant-winning Cincinnati Reds. Last year, he fractured the ankle during spring training, and that was it. Now the pitch on the way. Ground ball hit down to third, fielded by Cliff Cook. He pegs across to Hunt. They have the fourth play for the third out. In the fourth inning, no runs, one hit, no errors, and one left on. Now four innings complete here in Cincinnati, with the Cincinnati Reds leading one to nothing. Well, today, over in Milwaukee at County Stadium was a big day for two individual members of the Milwaukee Braves. Warren Spahn won his second game in two starts. He hurled a 4 hit shutout as the Braves beat the Phillies 8-0. Spahn now has 56 shutouts, 329 victories. The other big individual moment came when Eddie Matthews homered off Cal McClish in the seventh inning with a man off. For Eddie Matthews, number 400, he becomes the eighth man in the history of the game to reach the 400 mark. The seventh man to reach was Mickey Mantle. And probably the ninth man to reach will be the New York Mets' Duke Snyder. Well, Eddie Matthews and Warren Spahn will be in the polo grounds this weekend. Spahn will probably pitch Saturday or certainly one game Sunday. It'll be a four-game series Friday afternoon. Saturday afternoon, the first Ladies' Day game of the year. And the first doubleheader of the season on Sunday, as the Mets entertain the Braves over the weekend. Tonight, here are the warmups at St. Louis for the Pirates, Earl Francis, for the St. Louis Cardinals right-hander Bob Gibson. The Pirates, since dropping their opener, have won four in a row. Later tonight, the Cubs and Dodgers play in Los Angeles. This afternoon, Billy Pierce hurled a six-hit shutout at Candlestick Park. The Giants beat Houston by a score of seven to nothing. Bob Bruce was the losing pitcher. In the American League at Yankee Stadium, Hank Aguirre and the Tigers beat Whitey Ford and the Yankees 7-2. The Red Sox on a five-hitter by Mon Bouquet beat Baltimore 6-1. Robin Roberts, the loser, and Dick Stewart in a three-run homer. In 13 innings, the Twins beat the Angels 11-10. The A's beat the White Sox in Chicago 7-4. Washington and Cleveland tonight, no score at the end of three. Osteen against Sam McDowell. Now here we go along to the fifth inning of the game with Frank Thomas up and the pitch is outside in low, ball one. Down comes the pitch to Frank inside is the letters he lays off. And the count, two balls and no strike. Thomas back in the lineup tonight after missing a couple of games due to a shoulder injury. Way outside, and Maloney goes behind on Thomas 3 nothing. Frank, a good fastball hitter who stands right on top of that plate and really challenges the pitcher. Maloney, who deals in smoke when it comes to throwing hard, has been throwing slow stuff to Thomas. There's a smoke, but it's too high. Ball four, and Thomas walks on four pitches. That is the second walk given up by Maloney. He walked Ron Hunt in the opening inning. The batter is Tim Harkness. Tim seems to be pressing, as you can imagine he would, trying to make good as a regular of the New York Mets. Down comes the pitch to Harkness, outside and highest ball one. Last year, he was used by Walter Alston in the late innings as a defensive move at first base. But so far this year, Harkness has had his problems in the field, undoubtedly due to the fact that he has simply been pressing too much. It was his high throw at second base that set up the only run of this ball game. Here's the pitch. He lays off the fastball. Ball two, two and nothing. Come a very quiet, tall, slender left-hand hitter. A native of Montreal, Canada. Feet close together, slightly open stance. Here's the pitch to him. He goes after it, just barely nicks it, a foul ball, two and one. During spring training, his Badger teammates of last year advised the New York Mets not to be too concerned if Tim got off to a slow start, but he had traditionally been a slow starter. Count two and one on Harkness. Over at the knees for a call strike, and now it's two and two on Tim. Scoring battle going. Day before yesterday, it was one to nothing in ten innings. Yesterday, four to three. Right here, we're in the fifth inning, one to nothing, Cincinnati. And he pops the ball up behind the plate. Johnny Edwards gets rid of the mask, comes back slowly toward the dugout, and makes the grab for the out. And Jim Maloney with that high, rising fastball. And he makes a lot of hitters pop that ball up. One away and one on now. Coming on to bat will be Cliff Cook. Cliff was struck out his first time up in the third inning. He delivered an important hit in the game yesterday in Milwaukee. Casey sent him up as a pinch hitter with a game 2-1 to one Milwaukee. And Cliff singled enough left field to tie the game. Down comes the pitch. Grounder hits foul down toward Cookie Lamagetto coaching at third. the game tomorrow night. The Mets will be flying back to New York. They have an off day on Thursday and play the Braves Friday afternoon in the polo grounds. Frank Thomas on first, one man down. Pitch by Maloney, fouled again off the fist, and back upstairs out of play. But now Maloney, who has worked in front of many other hitters this ball game tonight, he has two strengths to Cliff Cook. Anytime time that Jim Maloney has his control going for him, he is a mighty tough pitcher to beat. Cliff with good power, and the Reds play him deep in the outfield to stride to left. The two-strike pitch, swing, and a missy struck him out. He got him with a fastball, and that's strikeout number six for Jim Maloney. Maloney has spanned six and four and two-thirds innings and the hitter is Clarence Coleman. Choo-choo hitless and one time up, fly to short left field in the third inning. Now Maloney off the stretch, delivers. Over his head, Choo-choo lets it go. One ball and no strikes. Tim Maloney, 22-year-old right-hander. Now Thomas with a short lead. The pitch to Choo-Choo. Fly ball into left field. Running toward the line is Frank Robinson. He's under it now and makes the catch for the third out. No runs, no hits, no errors. One left on. Though we've come halfway at the end of four and a half innings to score, the Cincinnati Reds won and the New York Mets Nothing. Well, we have plenty of young rookie ball players this season, and it's anyone's guess how many of them will stay around all year long. But here's something new that's already made it big with filter smokers everywhere. It's Viceroy's exclusive new slide-top case, crush-proof like a box. It slides right open, slides shut tight. It's the greatest improvement in cigarette packaging since the flip-open box. You open and shut it with one hand. Inside. Viceroy, the filter cigarette that tastes the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. Yes, fans, if you smoke all seven leading brands, you'll find some taste too strong, just like the unfiltered kind, and others taste too light. They take all the fun and flavor out of smoking. Viceroy's not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. Spoke Viceroy in the exclusive slide top case or the familiar soft pack. Either way, you'll agree. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. Now the home fifth inning in Cincinnati. The Reds have their center fielder, rookie Tommy Harper, coming up against Jay Hook. Tommy was fanned by Jay in the second. Jay out of his land up the pitch. Inside, ball one. For the time being, at least, rookie Tommy Harper has forced veteran Wally Post to the dugout. The same way that Pete Rose has forced veteran Don Game into the Cincinnati dugout. Low and outside, ball two. Two and nothing now on Tommy Harper. Jim Maloney will be coming up next, and then Leo Cardenas. Now, hook behind on the count. And he's low again with a fastball. It's ball three, three and 3-0 oh on Harper. Jay with much better control and much better stuff in the nice game than he did in his first start against the Braves. Little bit low at ball four. He started to go, and then he held up, and that one just missed. That is the first strikeout, or the first walk, I should say, given up by Jay Hook. It will bring up Jim Maloney. In the American League this year, it is a rule that the pitcher must occupy the on-deck circle. It is not a rule, but only a suggestion in the National League. Well, right now, we're waiting for Jim Maloney to come out. I'll tell you one thing. I do not envy the official scorer on the ball game they had in the Twin Cities today. The Minnesota Twins beat the Los Angeles Angels 11-10 to in 13 innings. The Angels got a run on the top of the 13th to go in front, 10 to 9, only to have the Twins come back for two in the last of the 13th. The line score on that ballgame, the Angels, are the Twins, 11 runs, 16 hits and 3 errors. The Angels, 10 runs, 17 hits and 6 errors. 9 errors in the ballgame, 33 hits and 21 runs. 15 pitchers, 9 for L.A. and 6 for Minnesota there were three homers now the New York Mets are looking for the butt as Jim Maloney comes up here's the pitch a lane drive, base hit going into center field for the pitcher around second is Harper, he's headed for third there'll be no play for him and now the Reds have runners at the corners with nobody out well, Jim Maloney skipping in and he's on his own behalf with a single to center field and he hit the ball hard Now Leo Cardenas comes on to hit with runners at first and third, nobody out. Cardenas has flied to right and grounded out second to first. The base hit by Jim Maloney is number five in the game for Cincinnati. Now let's see how Casey will have the defense play it. They will bring the infield in. Second time in the game, the Mets have been forced to bring the infield in time, Johnny Edwards hit a liner over Ron Hunt's head into right field. A high fly hit deep to left center field out by the scoreboard. It is way out there and it is off the scoreboard for a base hit. One run is in. Maloney around second will hold up there. A tremendous drive up against the scoreboard in deep left center field for Leo Cardinus. The runners had to hold up thinking the ball might possibly be caught right up against the scoreboard by Frank Thomas or Jim Hickman. As a result, Maloney has to stop coming around second. Thomas played the carom well coming off the scoreboard in left center. And that's the best shot hit in the game for Cincinnati. Fly ball to left center, up against the scoreboard about 380 feet out. One of the longest singles you'll ever see. Run batted in for Leo Cardenas. Now Pete Rose is up. Still nobody out. Runners on first and second. Reds in front, two to nothing. They look for the bunt. Swing and a miss. Strike one. Real crucial spot in this ball game right here. Ken McKenzie goes to work in the bullpen now for New York. Can batter, bends from the waist. He's around to bunt, bunt's foul, no play. No, he didn't bunt it. The ball simply got by a Choo-Choo Coleman and the runners move up a base. That ball popped out of Choo-Choo Smith and rolled back toward the backstop and the runners move up. We'll check the official scoring and it's a pass ball charged to Choo-Choo Coleman. From a broadcasting uh, perch, it looked like he may have bunted the ball foul. He had the bat around, ready to punt, but then he pulled it away, and it just simply goes as a fastball, and the runners go up. Now the count is one and one on rookie Pete Rose. Rose hit his way right on the Cincinnati Ball Club with a great spring, following a big year in the minor leagues last season. Now Jay has his will Wind up in pitch. A ground ball hit slowly to shortstop. The play is going to be the third, and they've got Maloney hung up. He comes to the plate. Coleman tags him out, looks for a play, has no other play, and the runners wind up on second and third. So on the slow grounder with the infield end, Charlie Neal hung up Jim Maloney. He had to throw to the third baseman, Cliff Cook, and Cook then fired to Coleman, and as Maloney tried to come in, he was tagged out. But he did a good job on the baselines. He stayed hung up between third and home long enough, to allow Rose, who can really fly, to go all the way around to second. So it's still runners on second and third, the infield still in, and the hitter is Beta Benson. Beta has one for two. Outside and low, one ball and no strikes. brief moment. We almost had two men on third base when Maloney turned back toward third. this was coming over from second. Now Jay with the infield tight on the edge of the grass. Swing, enemy's wind at the pitch. Swing and a miss. One ball, one strike. He got him to go for a bad ball that time. Veda actually tried to hold up, but it gone too far. So it's one ball and one strike on Veda Pence. Penson fly to center in the first inning and tapped out to Tim Harkness in the third inning. The outfield playing him around toward right. Pitching one and one. Way Choo Chuchu walking out to grab that one. Two balls and a strike. Although Veda Penson is built along slender lines, he gets a lot of power. 2 0. We're in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Now, Hook starts his windup, the 2 1 pitch. Inside at the knees, it's ball three. Waiting on deck is the cleanup batter, Frank Robinson. Cardinus on third, Rose on second, one man down, the infield end. 3 and 1 to and Here's the pitch. He walked him, and that loads him up for Frank Robinson. Robinson who seems to get better every year. Seven-year veteran with a lifetime average of 309. Last year, despite a real slow start, came on to hit 342 and chase Tommy Davis from the National League batting title. He had 51 doubles for a club record. Here's the pitch. Outside and low at ball one. Cardenas on third, Pete Rose on second, Veda Pinson on first. The Mets have the infield back, hoping for a shot at a double play. Charlie Neal playing Robinson over toward the hole on the left side of the infield. The outfield deep and fan toward left. Here's Hook winding, pitch to Robinson, low in the dirt, ball two, and he's behind a dangerous man now, two and nothing. single to center in the second inning and later scored he was thrown out by Jay Hook in the fourth inning one out bottom half of the fifth inning now Jay starts cranking up here's the pitch a smash it on the ground sharply for a base hit to left center field one run is in here comes Rose flying home two runs come in on the single by Frank Robinson to left center field Now the Reds have three runs home here in the last of the fifth inning. And they lead the New York Mets four to nothing. Runners on first and third, still just one out of the batter, Gordy Coleman. Frank Robinson off to a fast start this year, as against his slow start of last year. Gordy Coleman is up now. Left-hand batter, runners on first and third. Down comes the pitch to him, drives him back from the plate. It's inside. One ball and no strike. Now, Jay Hook checking with Choo, Choo. trying to work out of this jab here in the last half of the fifth inning. pitching position. Delivers. There goes the runner towards second. The peg going down to second. Now Neal fires back to the plate to slide. He's out. Beta Tenson is out at the plate. Choo-Choo Coleman to Charlie Neal and back to Choo-Choo. The Mets played it go and made it stand up beautifully on good ball handling on throws by Choo-Choo Coleman and Charlie Neal. Robinson broke for second. When the throw was turned loose, Beta Penson, one of the fastest men in baseball, broke for home. Coleman fired to knee. Charlie moved in front of second, grabbed it, and fired it right back to the plate, and Penson is out. Now there are two away. Robinson on second. Gordy Coleman, the hitter with a 2-0 count. A line drive hammered into right center for a base hit. Round third is Frank Robinson. He'll score. Ball juggled by Hickman on his way to second. Now is Gordy Coleman, and he's then standing up at second base. So the Reds lead five to nothing. And the old professor Casey Stingle, is out of the dugout and moving toward the mound. And the double to right center has driven Jay Hook out of the box. While the pitching change is being made, let's pause for station identification.
1: A 10 on your dial, WGY Schenectady, a general electric station.
0: Bob Murphy with Lindsey Nelson and Ralph Kiner from Bursley Field in Cincinnati. And the Reds with a four-run outburst have Derek, starting pitcher Jay Hook, and established a 5-0 lead here in the last half of the fifth inning. For Ken McKenzie... This will be his first outing of the young season. The first batter up against Ken McKenzie will be Johnny Edwards with Gordy Coleman on second base and two men down. Johnny Edwards two for two in the game, single to right in the second and single to right in the fourth inning. Now here we go to action. A line drive to right center by Johnny Edwards for a base hit. Jim Hickman grabs it, but around third and digging in to score is Gordy Coleman. Johnny Edwards now is three for three. And has thrown out two base runners. The run is charged to Jay Hook. And it's a run batted in for Johnny Edwards, his second of the game. So Edwards has three for three, has driven two runs in, thrown out two base runners. Now the eighth man up in the inning is veteran third sacker Gene Freese with Cincinnati in front, six to nothing. Last year, McKenzie it was more effective against the right-hand hitters than he was against the left-hand hitters. Ball over for a call strike. Now McKenzie, up in pitching position, delivers hip foul down the third baseline, no play. Larry Bernard has started to loosen up in the bullpen for the New York Mets. McKenzie with a two strike count fires, swing, and a miss. He struck him out. So Edwards, the left hand hitter, got a base hit to right center drive, a run in, and freeze The right hand batter is struck out. In the fifth inning, Cincinnati picked up five big runs. There were five hits. No errors, and one left on. Five runs, five hits, no errors, and one left on. At the end of five, the score. Cincinnati, six, and New York, nothing. My beer is blind gold, just dry beer. Think of blind gold whenever you buy beer. It's not bitter, not sweet. It's a dry flavor treat. Won't you try extra dry randgoat beer? And now you can enjoy famous Rheingold Extra Dry and the new a Mug. It's the first and only beer container with a wide mouth and a top that's so oh, easy to open. Just pull the tab on top straight out, then straight up, and off. You drink right from the Chug-A-Mug. No glasses, no opener, no deposits, no fooling. a mug holds the same and costs the same as the 12-ounce can. Try it now, wherever famous Rhinegold extra dry is sold. Buy beer, it's Rheingold, the dry beer. chug a it's a new way to buy beer. Better get some today. chug a what you say? What a great way to drink Rhinegold beer. Now we go to the sixth inning. The Mets are sending up a pinch hitter, and to tell you all about it, Lindsay Nelson. Okay, Bob, it's Rod Ganeal, and here's the first pitch high for ball one. Rod Keneal has been up three times this season. He has one hit, so his batting average is
2: 333. He's a
0: right-hand batter facing right-hand pitcher Jim Maloney with the pitch. And it's a fastball in there for a call strike. One and one. Top half of the sixth inning, Crosley Field in Cincinnati. There's a fastball. Caught a corner, and it is strike two. One and two to Rod Keneal. Through five innings of play, the Cincinnati Reds have six runs on nine hits and no errors. The Mets have no runs, only two hits and one error. Breaking ball outside. Johnny Edwards thinking he might get a call. uh, Bluffs to throw on down to third, but it's two and two. Rod Keneal batting for Ken McKenzie here with Larry Bernard throwing in the bullpen for the Mets. and a foul ball off to the right side and out of play. Bernard is a right-hander throwing down there in the bullpen who has not yet been in a Major League Baseball game. Jim Maloney on the mound tonight for the Cincinnati Reds, 22 years of age. and here's the 2-2 pitch to Rod Caneal. Swung on and missed, strike three, struck him out. That is strikeout number seven for Jim Maloney. And we'll bring up the top of the Met batting order, Charlie Neal. Charlie's been up twice, he flied out to center field and he fouled out to the catcher. He's a right-hand batter. Playing shortstop tonight for the Mets. It's a swing and a miss. Strike one. Jim Maloney won nine games and he lost seven last year for Cincinnati after he started the season in San Diego where he won four and lost one. was an early season sensation. And so the Reds brought him up. Swing and a miss. Two strike count to Neal. And the Reds are counting on Jim Maloney to take up uh, some of the slack that may be lost if... Bob Perkey is unable to go full speed or at all this season for the Cincinnati Reds. Perky has not yet been in action. Here's a swing and a drive to right field. Down the line. And it is a fair ball going to the corner. Charlie Neal is on his way to second. And he holds up there as the ball bounds into the stands for a ground rules double. So Charlie Neal gets an extra base hit, down the line and right, and it eventually hopped on over into the seat for a ground rule double. And that is the first extra base hit for the New York Mets tonight. It is the third hit of the evening for the Mets in toto off Jim Maloney and brings up Ron Hunt. Ron has been up twice tonight. He walked and he singled. This is his first Major League Baseball game, and he's been on both times he's been up. Got his first major league hit in the top half of the fourth inning. He's a right-hand batter. There's a pitch low. It's getting away from Edwards, and Neal moves, moves on to third base. Wild pitch. Score to the wild pitch. Charlie's against Jim Maloney. The wild pitch enabled Charlie Neal to move on to third base. And it is ball one to Ron Hunt. Edwards and Maloney now get checked out halfway out to the mound. Edwards turns to come back and assume his position behind the plate. Jim Hickman is now on deck for the New York Mets. Gene Freeze is playing even with the bag at third. Here's the pitch to Ron Hunt. It's high for ball. Two and zero. Oh. Ron Hutt was part of the three-cornered battle that was waged during spring training this year for the second baseman, uh, second base position with the Mets.
1: It was Ted Schreiber,
0: and Larry Burright and Ron Hutt. Pitch is tipped off. Ron Hutt checked the swing, but barely tipped the ball, apparently, as indicated by umpire Ed Vargo, to make it two balls and one strike. It was felt by most observers that Hunt had more power than any uh, of the candidates for second base. Here's a swing and a ground ball taken at third by Freeze and Charlie Neal is hung up. Freeze running him toward the plate and he passes. Edwards, the ball bounces away, the run scores and Hunt goes to second. The ball bounces away there and Hunt is on his way to third base. And the ball is retrieved by Tommy Harper in center field. Hunt pulls up at third. And the Mets have scored a run. Here was the play. It was a ground ball taken at third base by Freeze. And they had Charlie Neal hung up. However, he got a little past Edwards as he made his dash for the plate. And when the throw came, Edwards was unable to hold on to it. And so Charlie Neal scored. The ball was picked up then and thrown to second, taken out there by shortstop Leo Cartner. And Ron Hut collided at second base with him, scrambled to his feet, and continued on to third. So it's a six to one ball game. The Mets have a runner at third base. There's one man out, and Jim Hickman is coming up. Two errors scored on the play. Charged against the Cincinnati Reds. It was the fielder's choice, of course, as far as Ron Hunt was concerned. Initially, Hickman has been up twice, and he struck out both times. Here's a pitch that uh, decks him. He ducks underneath. It's ball one. Looking in now is Jim Maloney. Of the windup, and here's the pitch. It is swung on and fouled off. The official scorer has charged Gene Freeze with two errors on the last play. Both throwing errors were charged against Freeze. He made the initial throw to Edwards at the plate, and then as the ball bounded free, he picked it up and threw to second, and he was charged with an error there. So, charge them both to third baseman Gene Freeze. 1-1 pitch to Jim Hickman. It's in there for a call strike. Here's the 1-2 pitch. Breaking ball, missing high, and it's 2-2 two and two as Hickman ducked back. It uh, broke, but a little high. So the count is level at two and two. Cincinnati Reds six, and the New York Mets one. Maloney getting a sign from Johnny Edwards. The two-two pitch. Swung on, and there's a high pop foul off to the right side. Edwards looking for a play, but he doesn't have one here. It's in the stands. Gordon Coleman, returning to his position at first also. motion. There's a pitch. Swung on and fouled off. Back onto the screen and out of play. And the count holds it two and two now. Duke Snyder is on deck for the Mets. Batting here with one man out in the top half of the sixth inning. Ron Hunt leads down the line. It's a swing and a foul ball breaking ball and Hickman got around on it but pulled it foul on the ground down the left field line. Count holds to him at 2-2. Ron out down there on third, playing his first major league game. has been up three times. He's been on three times. Walk, singles and was out on the field of choice this last time. Coming back, this one's out of play, up on top. Count holds at two and two to Jim Hickman. Hickman is batting number three in Casey Stengel's batting order tonight. Maloney takes a moment to rub up the ball. Casey did not finally decide uh, on his lineup in batting order until about a half hour before game time because he had to wait until Frank Thomas had taken batting practice to see whether or not Thomas could play. Had uh, Thomas not been able to play, it would have been Craneville in the outfield tonight. Here's a train and a to left center field. And it's going to be an in-betweener. It'll go all the way to the scoreboard. Hunt is coming on to score. Hickman's on his way to second. Robinson up with the ball, relays it in. And Hickman is in standing with a double. The second extra base hit of this inning for the New York Mets. They score their second run. Hickman gets a double and a run batted in. It's the Cincinnati Reds, six and the New York Mets, two. Hickman, after fouling off a half dozen, Really pasted that one on a line, an in-betweener that took one hop to the scoreboard in left center field. Up is Duke Snyder, left-hand batter. Pitches high for a ball. Snyder's been up twice. He got a base hit in the top half of the second, the 2,000th base hit of his career. He grounded out the first base unassisted in the top half of the fourth. Here's a swing and a foul ball out of play to the left side. One and one is the count to Duke Snyder. Maloney into the stretch now. Hickman leads off the bag at second. The pitch is low to Snyder. Double barrel action in the bullpen of the Cincinnati Reds now. Joe Nuxall and Jim Brosnan hander, Joe Nuxall. Right hander, Jim Brosnan. Throwing in the bullpen for the Reds. Maloney now gets set. Here's the pitch to Snyder. High and away. A fastball fired and it's out to three balls and one strike to the duke. man out here in the top half of the sixth inning. The Reds six, the Mets two. Here's a 3-1 pitch. Swung out and missed. It's full of 3-2 and two now and did the Duke every take a ripple at that one. Swinging from the heels all the way around. The Mets have a total of four hits off Jim Maloney now. Two of them this inning. Both doubles. One by Charlie Neal and one by Jim Hickman. Here's a swing and a fly ball to deep center field going way back now. And this is going, going, and it is gone for a home run for Dilk Snyder over the center field fence here at Crosley Field. Jim Hickman coming on around to score. And Dilk Snyder with his third home run of this season comes on. He's getting a hand, strangely enough, from this crowd here at Crosley Field. Hit number 2001. Scores two runs, makes it a 6-4 to four ball game. That is the 392nd home run of Duke Snyder's career. Eddie Matthews, incidentally, hit number 400 of his career today in Milwaukee. The New York Mets get two more runs here. They've scored four runs and this the top half of the sixth inning. Still one man out. Frank Thomas is up right-hand batter, and here's the pitch. Breaking ball high. of Tommy Harper went back as far as he could go, facing away from home plate, and watched that one disappear over the centerfield fence. A pitch is low for a ball. It's 2-0 oh now to Frank Thomas. Frank is still looking for his first base hit of this campaign. He is a man who last year drove in 94 runs and had 34 home runs for the New York Mets. It's in there for a called strike. You may remember that Frank started out last year like a house of fire. He was an early season sensation at the plate. And the Mets have been hoping that he would catch fire any day and start on the hitting streak. 2-1 pitch to Thomas. We outside. Three balls and one strike. Larry Bernard has completed his warm-up action in the bullpen and has come into the Mets dugout now. It's a foul ball back and out of play. Runs the count full. Three and two to Frank Thomas. McKenzie, you'll recall, was full for pinch to Rod Keneal to open this inning, so Bernard will be the best pitcher in the bottom half of this to six. Here's a fastball fired past Thomas for a call strike three. Got him looking. Strikeout, number eight. Jim Maloney with nobody on and two men out. Tim Harknich comes up. He's the first baseman, struck out swinging and fouled out to the catcher previously. Pitches inside for ball. The Mets in the midst of their biggest inning of the season as they have scored four runs here in the top half of the sixth inning. And a ground ball to second base. Taken by Pete Rose, and he plays on over to Goyte Coleman in time. Harkness has grounded out and in. The top half of the sixth, the New York Mets got four runs on three hits. There were two errors, both by Gene Freeze and nobody left. At the end of five and one-half innings of play in Cincinnati, the score is Cincinnati Reds six the New York Mets four. Now for a change of pace, a musical medley. <laughs> Beer. It's clean and light and brisk and dry it's really extra dry You too will find The next time that you buy beer It's barking through so one for you What taste will tell you why Rheingold's brew Extra dry Yes, yeah. beer is beer to taste Because it's extra dry Brisk,
1: bright, and clean Clear through Yes, that's the way beer should taste The way Rheingold's extra dry tastes root of the choicest ingredients, the long, slow way, Rheingold is the largest selling beer in town. Try it. My
0: beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. Think of Rheingold whenever
1: you buy beer. It's not bitter, not sweet, it's a dry flavor.
0: treat. I'm going to try next. New pitcher in the ballgame now for the New York Mets, and it is Larry Benares. Larry Bernard is the pitcher. He's a young right-hander, an alumnus of St. John's in New York, making his first major league appearance. Was signed last year and sent to Syracuse. Lives at Belmore on Long Island. And in to face in is Tommy Harper as Bernard delivers the first pitch low for ball one. Red center fielder at the plate. And the pitch is low for the ball. It's 2-0 oh now. Bernard is 22 years of age. Here's a 2 0 pitch, and it's in there for a call strike. Two and one. So Bernard is getting his baptism here tonight in the tough ball game as the Cincinnati Reds have a two run lead now, leading the Mets by score six to four. Playing on a fly ball to right field. And it's going foul far down in the corner. It's out of play chased over there by right fielder Duke Snyder, but uh, disappeared in the corner of foul ball. So it's two and two now to Tommy Harper. He comes back to the plate to pick up the timber. Joe Nuxhall continues to throw in the bullpen for the Cincinnati Reds. Jim Brosnan has stopped. It's in there for a called strike three at the Strikes out the first man he faces in the Major League. The indication uh, by the umpire now is that the ball actually tipped the handle of the bat back into the glove of Chu Chu Coleman to make it a foul ball. But held on for the strikeout. So Bernard chalks up his first strikeout. That brings up pitcher Jim Maloney. That pitch is low for a ball. The official paid attendance here in Cincinnati tonight, 2,990. Pitch is low. Maloney had a clean single in the bottom half of the fifth. He grounded out the first base unassisted in the bottom of the third. Has a season's batting average now of .250. Bernard starts the motion and the pitch. In there, it's two and one. Again, pitch is swung on this time. A ground ball over the head of Bernard, fielded by Charlie Neal on the run. Close to first in time, and he's out. So Maloney has grounded out. Bounced one over the head of Bernard. He reached for it, couldn't get it, and Neil took it on the run and fired on the run. You know, right now would be a good time to pour yourself a tall, cold glass of Rheingold Extra Dry because Rheingold is beer as beer should taste, and dry tells you why. So enjoy a friendly glass of Rheingold Extra Dry along with the game. Here's a bit to the swung on and missed. Strike one. Nobody on base for the Reds, batting here in the bottom half of the sixth inning, as they lead the Mets six to four. Here's a swing and a miss. Two strike count to Leo Cardenas. Dart leans way over to get a sign from Choo Choo Coleman. Comes overhand with a curve ball that breaks outside, and it's one and two. 10 and waiting he's 1 for 3 tonight swinging a foul ball off and out of play count hold at 1 and 2 the National Basketball Association final playoffs the Boston Celtics tonight defeated the Los Angeles Lakers by a score of 113 to 106 Boston now leads 2 games to none in the best of 7 series there's a pitch swung out and it's lying down the left field line fair ball going to the corner and Cardinals is on his way to second Thomas up with it Relays it in to Neal, and Leo Cardenas is on with a double. Right down the left field line, a shot. And right now, in order to allow our stations to identify themselves, we pause for station identification.
1: You're tuned to 810 on your radio dial. WGY Schenectady, connected either smoother sound around.
0: This is Lindsey Nelson with Ralph Kiner and Bob Murphy at Crosley Field in Cincinnati. Switch hitter Pete Rose is coming up, batting left against right-hander Larry Bernard. Two men out, runner at second. Pitch is in there for a call strike to Pete Rose. A double by Cardinals with the 10th hit of the night for the Cincinnati Reds. Eight of them off hook, one off McKenzie, and one so far off Bernard. Pitches outside. Had a play on with Neal coming over to cover at second, but Cardenas was not far enough down the line for Chuchu to throw. So it's 1-1 on the pitch out. Now he checks his runner at second. And pitch to Rose is low for ball. It's two and one. He's Rose, grounded out, singled, and was on on the field of choice. He's the young fella who beat Don Blassingame out of that second base job. The Blassingame's hold on second base had not been too secure anyway. Two and pitch is low. Three one. With the Reds batting in the bottom half of the sixth inning. Bernard checks and deals, and it's low. Ball four, and Rose runs down to first base for the base on ball. That's the first walk given up by Bernard. Gives the Reds runners at first and second, and brings up Beta Penson. Penson slides to center, grounded out to first unassisted, and walks. Lead at first and second. The pitch is high for ball. Benson playing right field these days for the Cincinnati Reds. Here's a pitch inside for ball. Kuchu Coleman goes out and out of check with Larry Bernard on the mound. 2-0 the count to Veda Pinson. Runners leading. It swung on a ground ball. A number toward first, and it's fielded by Bernard. He makes the play over in time, just in time to Harkness to get the very speeder, the very speedy Veda Benson. As the play goes one, three, and in. The bottom half of the six, the Cincinnati Reds got no runs on one hit, no errors, and two left. The end of six full innings of play, the score is Cincinnati Reds six in the New York Mets. New York Mets, of course, will be coming home uh, to play the Milwaukee Braves at the Polo Grounds Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, a doubleheader on Sunday. And another date you want to mark on your calendar is the first appearance of the Los Angeles Dodgers at the Polo Grounds, and that will be on April 29th and April 30th. They're both night games, the first night games of the season. The Dodgers, of course, will be bringing in Don Drysdale, Sandy Koufax, Tommy Davis, who, of course, is a native of Brooklyn. Murray Wills, Bill Scowlin, who went from the Yanks to the Dodgers during the offseason, Ron Fairley, Willie Davis, Frank Howard, Leo DeRocher, Walter Austin. That's the Dodgers and the Mets, April 29th and 30th, night games at the Polo Ground. The Mets will meet the Houston Colt 45s Wednesday night, May 1st, Thursday afternoon, May 2nd. The Colt 45s will be bringing in former American League batting champion Pete Ronald, Bob Aspermani, Johnny Temple, Dick Farrell, Don McMahon. So tickets are now on sale for those and other games of the New York Mets. At the advanced ticket window at the Polo Grounds at Grand Central Station at Pennsylvania Station, reservations at all Howard closed stores in the greater New York area, or you can order tickets by mail. The address ticket manager, Polo Grounds, New York, 39, New York. Cliff Cook is up now. Here's a pitch swung on it. The ground ball is short, taken there by Cartonist, and he plays on over to Coleman in time. And Cook is grounded out short to first. Left-hander Don Rowe is now throwing in the bullpen for the Mets in case uh, they can get something started here. Casey Single wants to be able to go to a pinch hitter. Choo-Choo Coleman is coming up. The catcher, he's been up twice and he flied out to left field both times. That pitch is in there for a call strike. Jim Maloney started, and he has come all the way for the Cincinnati Reds. Red Hutchinson left him in there in the top half of the sixth inning when the Mets got their four runs. Here's a swing and a fly ball to right. Moving over is to Pinson, and he makes the catch on the run for the out. Two in out. Nobody on, and so Larry Bernard is shedding his jacket in the deck circle. He's going to bat for himself. Cincinnati Reds, six, and the New York Mets, four. Bernard, that's right. Here's the pitch that's in there for a call, strike one. Again, Maloney works with the full motion. It's way outside for ball. In case you've joined us along the way, Duke Snyder hit his third home run. of the season here tonight, he now leads the National League in home runs. Here's a swing out a fly ball to left center. Tommy Harper races over. He's there, plenty of room, and Harper puts it away for the out. So the Mets go out in order here, and the top half of the seventh with no runs on, no hits, no errors, and none left. At the end of six and a half innings of play, the score is the Cincinnati Reds, six and the New York Mets, four. You know, popularity like Rheingold has doesn't just happen. It's the result of millions of people agreeing that Rheingold has what they want in beer. A refreshing difference that they can recognize right off. And two little words tell you what the difference is. The two words, extra dry. Yes, extra dry tells you Rheingold is beer as beer should taste. Brisk and bright and clean, clear through. That's Rheingold beer for you and it is the beer for you. Rheingold is a better beer because it's the dry beer. It's a wonderful beer for these wonderful days we all like to enjoy. Even the flavor has a sparkle to it. You'll find that out with your very first glass of Rheingold Extra Dry. So why not do it right now? Join the millions who say, My beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. Yes, sir, think of Rheingold whenever you buy beer. And buy some tonight or tomorrow or the first chance you get. Discover the difference the dry makes. Ask for Rheingold Extra Dry Beer. We'll be going now to the bottom half of the seventh inning. Larry Bernard completes his warm-ups, and he'll be facing Frank Robinson. Robinson has a season's batting average of 364 right now. So rookie Larry Bernard, in his first major league start, is facing one of the fine hitters in the majors, and he playing and sends line drive into center field for a base hit. Up with it is Jim Eckman. He relays it back in and on with a single to center, Frank Robinson. Gordon Coleman standing outside the batter's box as Choo-Choo Coleman has gone out to the mound now to check uh, Larry Benares. Joe Nuxall is up and throwing in the bullpen now, left-hander working for the Cincinnati Reds. this point, the Reds have six runs on 11 hits. The Mets have four runs on five hits. But Bernard checks Robinson. Here's a pitch to Coleman. in the left field for a base hit. Robinson rounds second with long strides. He's headed for third. Thomas up with it. Has no play, and Gordon Coleman pulls up at second with a double. So the Cincinnati Reds have opened up here. Against Larry Bernard in about a half the seven with a single and a double, and that brings up catcher Johnny Edwards, who has been up three times, has three base hits, and he's driven in two runs. He is hitting 455 right now. The Mets get left-hander Don Rowe up and throwing in the bullpen. has come out to the on-deck circle now, swinging bat. Gene Freeze is due up next, and Eddie Casco has gone down to the bullpen area to loosen up. Here's a swing out of five balls east to left. Thomas is back at the foot of the bank. Robinson tagged up at third. Thomas makes the catch. Robinson comes down the line to score. Throw goes to third. No advance by Coleman at second. So Johnny Edwards with a sacrifice fly gets the run batted in. As he flied to Thomas in left, and Robinson tagged up and scored after the catch. And the Reds lead by a score of 7-4. to four. Here is Jerry Lynch, batting now for Gene Freese. <laughs> and with Casco at the same time loosening up in the bullpen, the indication would be that Casco is going to come in next inning to play third base. one of baseball's finest inch hitters. Been up four times this season without a hit. Bernard checks, and here's the pitch. Hits him squarely in the back, and he goes down to first base, hit by a pitch ball. That gives the Reds runners at first and second. And coming up now is another pinch hitter, Marty Keogh, swinging bats as he comes out of there. Marty Keogh, got up twice this year and has one hit, so he's batting 500 he's Originally a bonus player with the Boston Red Sox. So Keogh is batting for Tommy Harper. One man out for the Reds as they lead 7-4 to four in the bottom half of the seventh inning. A nice pitch is in there for a call strike to left-hand batter, Marty Keogh. Swung on and missed. Strike two. That pitch is low for a ball. Thunder is swinging about now in the on deck circle for the Cincinnati Reds. Pitch is low and away as Keogh started the swing, checked it, and the count is 2 2. Joe Nuxall has finished warming up and has walked on into the dugout. Is batting here for Harper with pitcher Jim Maloney due up next. There's a swing and a pop to the infield. Cliff Cook at third at Call Fort Infield fly is called. And so Keo is out. Two away, and now Gonder is going to bat for Maloney. Maloney's previous appearance uh, against the field, he pitched five innings and then was removed when his arm tightened up a little bit. He has a 7-4 lead here as he's been removed right now for a pinch hitter, Jesse Gonder. has been up twice without a hit this season. Left-hand batter. Runners lead at first and second. Larry Benares into the stretch and here's the pitch. It's low for ball one. The Reds have one run in this inning off Benarth. There's a swing and a ground ball to short. Taken by Charlie Neal, and he plays over to Hunt in time for the force That gets him out of the inning. As the play went from Charlie Neal to Ron Hunt. And in the bottom half of the seventh, the Cincinnati Reds got one run on two hits. There were no errors and two left. And at the end of seven full innings of play, the score is New York Mets seven. uh, The Cincinnati Reds seven and the New York Mets. And now we'll bring you up to date on scores of other games around the major leagues. First in the National League, the Milwaukee Braves this afternoon shut out. The Philadelphia Phillies by a score of 8 to nothing While in spawn throwing his 56th shutout, Cal McLeish was the loser. Eddie Matthews hit the 400th home run of his National League career in the 7th of one on. And those Braves will be at the polo grounds Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and a doubleheader Sunday. Tonight, at the end of three and a half innings of play, it's the Pittsburgh Pirates three in the St. Louis Cardinals. Nothing. Earl Francis going against Bob Gibson. The Chicago Cubs are on the coast to play the Los Angeles Dodgers at 11 p.m. New York time starter. And the San Francisco Giants shut out the Houston Colt 45 today, 7 to nothing. Billy Pierce getting the win. His 14th win in San Francisco against no losses. And Bob Bruce, the loser. In the International League, the... Buffalo team opening up today, uh, Met Farm Club. And at the end of seven innings of play, it is uh, Indianapolis five and Buffalo four. Craig Anderson starting, Addington in the third, Davio in the fourth, Matthias in the seventh, Katina in the eighth, Kreutzer so started for Indianapolis, Stephen now in the seventh inning. So that's the way things went today in the National League. We'll bring you up to date on American League scores later because right now we're going to the eighth, and there are changes, and coming in here to tell you all about it is Ralph Kiner. Okay, Lindsay. Charlie Neal's the batter against the left-hander, Joe Nuxall, and the first pitch is hit sharply down to second base. It's blocked there, dug out by Pedro, as a throw to first base in time. So Joe Nuxall, a new pitch in the ballgame for Jim Maloney, gets his first man on the first pitch, and the batter coming on is Ron Hunt. In center field now, Beta Pinson has moved over. In right field, Marty Keel, who was a pinch hitter in the last inning, has gone in there. And playing third base in place of Gene Freeze is Eddie Gasco. Now it's Ron Hunt, and the first pitch to run by the left-hander Joe Nuxdall is a fastball foul back on the screen, strike one. Juan has one hit and two times up in his Major League debut. Right hand batting second baseman. Now Nuxo back to the plate. There's a fake bunt attempt. One ball, one strike. The pitch outside. <laughs> Nuxo is now appearing in his third game. He has no record. And this is the third inning he has worked this year. There's a ground ball hit down to the right side of the second baseman that goes on through in the center field. So Ron Hunt in his first Major League Baseball game has picked up two bases. The Mets have a runner at first base with one out as they trail the ball game by three runs. And the batter coming up is Jim Heckman jim doubled the left field to drive in a run in the sixth inning when the mets score four runs scored four runs to pull up to within six to four the reds added one more run in the bottom half of the seventh to take the lead here in the top of the eighth inning by a seven to four score and the first pitch to jim is a strike call by the left-hander look at first base and back to the plate. There's a hard swing and a miss. Strike two. Jim Maloney, the starting pitcher for the Reds, went through seven innings. He was charged with four runs. He gave up five hits. He struck out eight and walked only two. Now Joe Nuxall trying to protect his lead of three runs. Joe with a two-strike pitch. It's on the inside corner all strike three so Jim Hickman goes down for the first make it the second out of this inning that is the first strikeout and it brings up Duke Schneider Duke has had a big night he has picked up his 2,000th base hit also add one more to it when he hit his home run to give the Mets two runs in the sixth inning Duke two for three here he now leads the club in home runs with three And he looks at a high pitch for ball one. He also leads the National League in home runs. His three home runs top so far. So the Duke paying dividends right now for the Mets. Here's the pitch back to Duke and it's high, a curveball. Two balls and no strikes.
1: Now Nuxall sets and comes
0: back to the plate. There's a hard swing by Snyder. Strike one. Two balls and one strike. Ron Hunt at first base for the Mets. Not being held on by Coleman. Mets need three to tie. It's the top of the eighth inning. Pitch back to the plate. Foul back in the screen. Joe Nuxall on the mound for the Reds is the youngest player to ever have played in the Major League. He appeared in the game for the Reds when he was 15 years of age. He's a veteran of many seasons. Last year he started the year at
1: San Diego.
0: Pitched so well there that he was called up. He had a 9-1 record for San Diego. Now the 2-2 pitch. It's in there, called strike three. So two strikeouts, that's number 10 in the game by the Red Pitchers. And that retires the In the inning for the Mets, no runs on one hit, no errors, one man left. And the score at the end, a seven and one half inning to play, the Red Seven, the New York Mets four. And now a word from Viceroy Cigarettes. We're the Brothers Four, singing coast to coast for Viceroy. If you smoke all seven filter cigarettes, you'll find that some taste too strong, like having no filter at all. And some taste too light. They take all the fun and flavor out of smoking. But Viceroy's got the taste. That's right. The taste. Cincinnati red half of the eighth inning. They lead in the ball game 7-4. to four. And coming up now to lead off against Larry Bernard is Leo Cardenas. Cardenas has two hits and four times up in this game. His two hits coming, his last two times up. The last one, a double down the left field line. Bernard came in the game in the sixth inning. So far, he has given up one run. He has allowed three base hits. And the pitch from the right-hander to Cardenas has bounced down toward third. This time, it's foul. Picked up by Cliff Cook in foul territory, a nice backhanded catch. Strike one. It'll be Leo Cardenas, Pete Rolls, and Veda Pinson against the right-hander. This is Bernard's first major league appearance. The starting pitcher for the Mets was Jay Hook. He's the pitcher of record. There's a good pitch in the outside corner. Strike two. Jay started the ball game. He worked four and two-thirds innings, was charged with six runs. He gave up a total of eight base hits. He struck out two and walked two. There's a curve outside. One ball, two strikes. Ken McKenzie came on to finish the inning. He worked one-third of an inning, allowed one hit, no runs. Then Larry Bernard came in the sixth inning. So far, he has given up one run and allowed three hits. There's a pitch back to the plate. It's outside a fastball. Two balls and two strikes. Now the right-hander from St. John's University into the windup and the 2-2 pitch. It's hit out to left center field. A drive out there coming over fast as Hickman, and he drives a one-handed backhanded catch. He gets his glove in the ball, but the ball falls out. Darkness now going for third. Here comes the throw. It is not in time. It has scored a three base hit. Jim Hickman, a long run in center field, got his glove on the ball. Probably the one thing that hurt him most was that he hit the incline in left center field just as the ball. It is grob. It could have jarred the ball loose. It would have been a great kick if he had made it. And it scored a three-base in. Now the Reds have a runner at third base. No one out in the infield is pulled in. And the first pitch to Pete Rose is low for ball one. Dug out of the dirt by Clarence Coleman. One ball and no strike. Bill Henry now up and throwing in the bullpen for the Cincinnati Reds. Pete Rose, the left-hand batter. And the pitch back to him is hit sharply down to third. Dug out by Cook. He holds the runner at third. Goes across the first base in time for out number one. So Pete Rose, who had one hit and four times up before grounding out, is now one for five. And coming on the bat with a runner still at third is Veda Pinson. Pinson is 0 for 3. Started the ball game in right field, is now playing in center field. He bats from the left hand side, and there's a swing and a miss of the curveball. Strike one. Seven to four game, the Reds lead here in the bottom half of the eighth inning. First game of a two game series. Game time tomorrow will be eight o'clock New York time. It'll be O'Toole against Galen Cisco. Now the pitch back, a fastball. Inside one ball, one strike. Here's the final score: the Cleveland Indians shut out the Washington Senators three to nothing on a two-hitter by McDowell. Cleveland picking up for eleven-base hit off Austin, who went all the way. Held the Romano home runs in that game. Now the pitch back bounced over the mound. A great play by Hardy. Gets up, throws the first in time. Holy mackerel! that third base on the play and saving a run as Ken Hunt Ron Hunt I should say went over in back of the mound made a diving play how he got the ball in his glove no one knows how he got up and threw out pitching, no one knows that either what a play by the second baseman in his first major league game two men out now and Frank Robinson steps in Boy, you just don't see him like that every day. First pitch to Robinson, a fastball that's outside, ball one. Robinson with a big day today. He's had three hits and four times up. He's driven in two runs. He's batting 391 in the air. Now Larry Bernard working to... The right-hand batter taking plenty of time. Getting the sign from Chuchu Coleman. It's 7-4 in favor of the Reds. And here's the pitch back. Inside and low. Ball two. Two balls and no strikes. Well, Leo Cardenas at third base. If he'd have known what was happening on the play by Hunt, he could have scored. But Hunt really turned into play to pick up out number two here in the bottom half of the eighth inning. 2-0 pitch inside, just missing Robinson. ball three. Robinson standing right on top of the plate is an easy target for the pitcher, and he won't move. Last year he was hit by 11 pitch balls, and seven years with the Reds he's hit by 88. There's a smash, and Neal holds it down. Fine drive to the left of Charlie Neal. He went over, one-handed it, and that retires the his side. In the inning for the Cincinnati Reds, no runs on one hit. A triple by Leo Gardner. No errors. One man left. And The score at the end of eight innings of play, the Reds seven, the New York Mets four. Well, I'm sure after seeing the debut of Brian Hunt out here today that you'll be looking forward to seeing him in the Polo grounds. You know, the Mets have many new faces on the clock. And the Mets also have a brand new official song called Meet the Mets, which I'm sure many of you fans have probably already heard. This catchy 45 RPM record with two versions of the song, one with the vocal and the other instrumental, is now available. As there are only a limited number of first editions records available, you'll want to get on the bandwagon right away. As a baseball fan, you'll want this highly prized souvenir item in your collection. To obtain your copy of Meet the Mets record, send $1 to Mets official song Polo Grounds, New York 39, New York. While we're moving to the top of the ninth inning, while we wait for the Mets to come to bat, we'll pause for station identification.
1: Eight ten on your dial, WGY, Schenectady, a General Electric station, the smoothest sound around. Along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy
0: from Crosley Field in Cincinnati, the Mets batting in the top of the ninth. They need three to tie. And here to tell you all about it is Lindsey Nelson once again. Okay, Ralph. Double barrel action in the Cincinnati bullpen is Jim Bosman and Bill Henry. As Frank Thomas steps into the batter's box now for the New York Mets. To face left, Andy Joe Nuxall. He's into the windup, and here's the pitch. Here's a swing and a ground ball up the middle. Going to be a base hit for Frank Thomas. His first hit of the season. Charging it now. It's made a fence enough with it. Relays it in, and Thomas turns and holds it first. And the New York Mets hope that that base hit will get him off and running in the base hit department. Here's Gil Hodges coming up. now to bat for Tim Hartnett. Hodges is coming up for his first time this season. That hit was number seven for the Mets off the combined efforts of Maloney and Nuxall tonight. Don Rowe up and throwing in the bullpen for the Mets. We're batting here in the top half of the ninth inning, trailing by three runs. Gil Hodges in and waiting. Thomas leads it first. The pitch is in there for a called strike to Hodges. At first base, Gordon Coleman is not trying to hold the runner on. The Reds have a three-run advantage. Hodges swings the bat. First time he's been in action this season. at the plate. And the pitch is in there for a called strike. Two strike count. Cliff Cook is on deck for the Mets. Here's the pitch to Gill. Swung out and missed strike three. Hodges is struck out. That's the third strikeout for Nuxhall. Maloney had eight during his tenure, so 11 Mets have gone out uh, via the strikeout route tonight. Here is Cliff Cook coming up with a runner at first and one man out. Cliff struck out, struck out, and grounded out short to first. Facing a left-hander for the first time tonight. he's in there for a call, strike one. In the top of the sixth, the New York Mets had their biggest inning of the season when they got four runs on three hits combined with two throwing errors by Gene Fries of the Reds. Here's a swing and a miss. It's strike two to Cook. Choo-Choo Coleman is in the on deck circle for the New York Mets. Cook in and waiting. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Strike him out. Strike out number four for Nutsong. And Choo Choo Coleman comes up now to face left hander Joe Nuxall. Frank Thomas off the bag at first. Pitch to Choo Choo in there for a call strike one. Jim Maloney innings here tonight in which he gave up four runs on five hits struck out eight and walked one two-shoes swing chopped it off foul two strikes Mets have been able to reach nutsall for only two hits Ron Hunt singled in the eighth and Frank Thomas singled here in the ninth Cincinnati Reds seven and the New York Mets four Two-strike pitch to Choo Choo, swung on as a ground ball to second base. Pete Rose bobbles the ball, and Choo Choo is on. Using the speed to get across the bag, and Frank Thomas pulls up safely at second, and that sets up a situation of tying run at the plate for the New York Mets. So who's it going to be? No one out of the dugout as yet. It's going to be Ted Schreiber. Ted Schreiber comes out now. He has been up eight times and has two hits. Schreiber will be batting here for Larry Bernard. Against the left-hand pitcher, Joe Nuxall. Manager Fred Hutchinson may very well make a pitching change himself. As Dick Sisler uh, came out to get a free ball at that moment, but Hutch uh, and Jim Turner... Had been in some communication, and here comes Schreiber. Up to the plate. And is going to stay in, apparently. The New York Mets here in the top half of the ninth. Trail by three runs. They have runners at first and second. Two men out. Here's the pitch to Schreiber. It's high for ball one. Schreiber was the New York Mets' number one draft choice in the winter draft, played at Seattle last year, signed initially to a bonus contract by the Boston Red Sox. There's a pitch high on outside. Two and outside. 2-0 as the count now to Schreiber. Neal is on deck for the Mets. Joe Nuxall into the stretch. Runners lead first and second. The pitch is a call strike. It's two and one. Cincinnati Reds seven. The New York Mets four. Thomas leads at second. Choo-Choo Coleman leads it first. The pitch to Schreiber on and missed is strike two. He tried to check it, but it's 2-2. Two men out here in the top half of the ninth inning. <laughs> Coleman on on the error by Pete Rose in second. Here's the pitch. Plung on and missed. Strike three. We had to wait to see if he got a piece of it. And Schreiber is talking to the plate umpire, but he is out of there on strikes, and this ball game is over. Pitch was low. He took a cut, and uh, we had to wait to see whether or not he got a little piece. but the indication is he struck him out, so that Nuxall struck out three there in the ninth inning. He struck out five, all although as Maloney and Nuxall struck out a total of 13 Mets tonight in the top half of the ninth inning. The Mets got no runs on one hit. There was one error and two men left. Keep in mind that the New York Mets will be back here tomorrow night. Thursday is off, and they'll be at the Polo Grounds against the Milwaukee Braves Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and a doubleheader on Sunday. Warren Spahn, Lou Burdett, Eddie Matthews, Hank Aaron, Roy McMillan, Frank Bowling, Joe Torrey. They'll all be at the Polo Grounds Friday, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon. The final score of this game, the Cincinnati Reds 7, the New York Mets 4. Something in triplicate for you right now. Ralph Geiner saying so long for Lindsey Nelson, Bob Murphy, our statistician, Matt Winick, our engineer, Joe Kresnicka, our producer, Joe Gallagher. Final score of the ballgame the Red
1: 7, the Mets 4. So long, everybody. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. WGY, WGFM Schenectady.